the Jericho Network on Westwood One. Welcome to One on One with Mitch LaFon. And joining me on this episode from Bisto Blanco, it is frontman, bass player, and all-around good guy, Chuck Garrick, who just happens to play with one of my favorite artists, Alice Cooper. We talk new album, Bisto Blanco, Alice Cooper, and a lot more. Before checking that out, please check me out on Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N, Facebook, one-on-one, Mitch LaFon, and paypal.me forward slash Mitch LaFon, should you care to support the podcast. And with that, here is the one, the only, the extraordinary Chuck Garrick. We are speaking with Chuck Garrick of the band Bisto Blanco, and also, maybe you've heard of him, Alice Cooper. Good day, Chuck. How are you? Good day, sir, Mitch. But I got to get your uh, pronunciation correct here, buddy. It's Bisto Blanco. Blanco. Well, you know, listen. Yeah, in Canada, in Canada, we say, way, you know, in Canada, we say about and a boot and all that stuff. So we say Blanco, but uh, Bisto Blanco. I'm I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, well, let's start with Bisto Blanco. The new album comes out, of course, at the end of this month in November on uh, Rat Pack Records, and. I've been listening to it, and as a Cooper fan, you go, well, the first thing you go to is Feed My Frankenstein. But i got to tell you, you've got a song on there called Honey. It is absolutely fantastic. If that's not a single at some point, I don't know what you're thinking about, because that is a great, great song. So uh, so good on you for that. So let's talk about this album first. Um, what, what's sort of the concept behind Bisto Blanco and doing this project outside of the realm of Cooper? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, the concept is we, we have all these original songs, you know, and being an artist, being a songwriter, being someone who's creative, I I, I need an outlet. And I definitely don't consider Bisto Blanco a project. It's, it's a band, it's a lifestyle, it's a family of uh, very, you know, I would consider some of my best friends uh, I have. And... Uh, it's something that means a lot to me. So it's a, it's something that uh, I believe in, and it's it's also great for me to have my outlet, creative wise. And uh, you know, we all have ideas and we have things that we want to make happen. Sometimes we can we have a tendency to stop ourselves in our tracks because maybe we're afraid or you know we're not sure if it's good enough or whatever. Pizza Blanco is one of those things where I could you know, used as as, uh, as as my way of uh, putting myself out there and, and seeing what we could do musically. And so far, the response has been fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it really is a great project. So, or a great band, since you called it a band. Um, since you're referring to it as a band, and it is a band, what does that mean in terms of trying to get it to the public? Um, I know you're going to do a few shows coming up, but is there sort of a long-term plan to have the next new album and the next new album and, and, and work it where you're going to get into the whole merchandising and, and uh, get us, you know, a, a lineup that's stable. Sort of what's the, the long term on this? Yeah, that, that is the long term. Exactly what you just said. I mean, to do more shows, we're, we're getting ready to do a couple of shows here in the West coast, California, and then we're, we're going to be taking off to go to Germany or we'll be uh, direct support with a band by the name of Boshi's Uncles from Germany, and they're doing an arena tour. So we got 19 shows in uh, support of them, and that'll be uh, obviously a, a, a nice stage, if you will, for us to play in front of a whole new crowd. And 
whole new set of audiences and uh, a little bit bigger setting. Uh, we're looking forward to that as well. Then we've got some shows come up in January in the South. We're playing Illinois, uh, Nashville, Alabama, Atlanta, then make our way onto the Monsters of Rock cruise. So there is that. And then, yes, there is going to be another record and another tour. And, and uh, the idea is, is, to, is to continually grow this thing um, uh, to where it just becomes its uh, its own entity. And it's something that uh, we can just continue to, to do. And that's that's the whole project, the whole process right now. And it has been the same lineup since the beginning. And that's the way I can I hope that it uh, ends. And well, let's let's hope it doesn't end. Let's hope it keeps going. If um, as you develop it and and it becomes more successful and you get onto more tours and Monsters of Rock, like you said, uh, and a point has to be made where a decision has to be made between do I stay with Alice Cooper or do I go do this thing? Is that a decision that you're willing to make, or is that something like no, 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 we'll do both and we'll just figure it out, kind of thing? No, I don't even think about that. Okay. To be quite honest with you, I don't even think I'll ever be have to be faced with that decision. I do believe that things organically have happened with this band, and uh, I, I'm a strong believer of that as well. So what's supposed to happen will happen, uh, but I'm not even there with that thought process yet at all. Okay, so 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 let me talk to you a little bit about some of the last uh, Cooper albums that you've been on. Uh, Along Came the Spider, Welcome to My Nightmare. Uh, Alice has gone ahead and not used the touring band in full. The, the band comes on and plays a few songs here and there. Um, how do you react to that? Is that just something what that, you know? What the boss wants that let's do this, or would you like to see more participation from the the full touring band? Uh, they can do whatever they want. I just don't know if physically they're able to do it. I know Dennis is. Okay. Um, but uh, I don't know if they're capable of doing that. And you know, look, man, if it gets to the point to where they're doing that, and that's sort of the direction they want to go, I have. Uh, no say in, in, in that as well. If it's taking money away from me or taking time away from me, then that's a different situation. But I, I, right now, I think it's just a few select shows that those guys are oh, but, you know, trying to do. And, they, and they're well-deserved. They should be able to do it. Right, right. But I was talking about about you and, and Glenn and Tommy. Um, you know, when he goes into the studio, he doesn't always use the touring band is that a frustration for you, or is that just, hey, that's the way it goes, and so be it? Well, he, he used the whole band on the Eyes of Alice Cooper, the whole band on Dirty Diamonds. Uh, and then, yeah, along came a spider. You know, things things got a little wacky there as well. I think that was more just the producer on that one. It's really, um, you know, anyway, just, you don't have to say anything about that guy. But, yeah, I mean... As far as I'm concerned, to be honest with you, Mitch, I think we just take what we get. I mean, he's a solo artist. He's able to do what he wants to do. Uh, it's nothing in my contract about that I'm, I have to play on all the records as well. So I look at, at it as if that's what he wants to do, then, then that's what we do. It's, it's not a frustration on our, on, our, on, our, on our half, to be quite honest with you, because there is a, a, a line of communication between artists and management, and, and we know exactly what's going on. So it's not like there's any surprises for us as much as there will be for the fans. Okay, so, that, so that's great. So, um, I mean, to be quite honest with you, would I like to play on everything? Would I like to be a songwriter on everything? Sure. But, you know, my relationship with, with Coop is, uh, you know, we, we do what we do. Uh, and if, it's, if I'm writing and playing on one song, then that's, that's what it is. 
Right, right, right. And 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 you know, it's got to be great. So 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 you know, you you've done stuff with L.A. Guns and Dio and and you know Eric Singer Project and Gene Loves Jezebel and all this other stuff. Um, talk to me about what it was like when you got the Cooper gig. First of all, how, how did you get the Cooper gig? And and what has it meant to you, both professionally and personally? Well, I think you know I came into Cooper uh, right after playing and touring and writing and recording with uh, with Ronnie James Dio. So it, it, it becomes this uh, you know this family of friends and, and relationships and connections. At some point, you you everybody's crossing each other's path. So when um, I was no longer with Ronnie. You know, my name was just in the hat of bass players of guys that are available when, when Alice's Alice fan was looking for a replacement bass player. And uh, so I got the call to do the audition. And um, when I first auditioned for the band, um, it was a, it was kind of a cool experience. You know, I got to get up there and, and jam with Eric Singer. I, I played with him in the past on a couple other things as well. Eric Dover and I go way back. and. Eddie Zigzag at the, at the time was playing keyboard, so it's just like being in a room with a bunch of friends. Yeah, now you mentioned Eric Singer. You did the Eric Singer project, and and uh, you know with Karabi and all that. Will there be more of that kind of project, more outside, or is it really yeah. going to be a focus of Bisto and and Cooper at this point? Well, that, it, those are my two main focuses, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, for obvious reasons. But I think the same goes with, with, with Eric as well. I mean, he he has his one main band. And when we can find time and when everybody's schedule allows for it, we'll, we'll go do another couple ESP runs as well. Uh, an ESP record would be, would be great at this point, I think. Yeah. Um, let's get back to the sound of Bisto Blanco and the new album, which is also called Bisto Blanco. Um I find it to be somewhat of a mix of Cooper and Rob Zombie, which is which is great. Is that a sound that you want to keep going forward with next albums, or is this band sort of free to experiment and do what it wants as it wants as you move along? Yeah, I think that there's definitely a freedom. It's my own band. You know, it's our own band. We do whatever we want to do. We do what we feel is, is, is happening at the time, with, you know, what's ever being written and how the band's feeling. We, we, we want to continue to grow as songwriters, and we also have a different a theatrical side to our show as well, so we have to keep that in mind uh, when we are writing. Um, so, you know, to give you those references as, as something you would think, okay, yeah, this is what the, the, the album may sound like, um, I take that as a compliment because you just mentioned two very great artists, so I'm, I'm completely fine with that, but it's, it's not on purpose. There's a different sound to music. There's a definite sound to music. There's a definite feeling that I get when I hear certain bands. And there's a sound that I want to have on stage. And, a, and, and, and I, want to, I want the audience to feel the same way that I did when I would hear certain bands. So there's, 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 there's things that I, I definitely would say I do on purpose just because that's just what feels good to me. Yeah. Now you also uh, do some of the singing on this. Uh, is that something that you that you see yourself as as a lead singer, or is it something that you're intimidated by? You know, there's definitely I'm not intimidated. It's, it's definitely something new for me uh, to become the front man and and uh, you know 
uh, have to take care of a whole totally different instrument, which you can probably hear right now. My voice is a little tired because we've been rehearsing and getting ready for these shows. So it's, it's something I'm getting used to. But, uh, you know, we, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm finding that the responsibility is, is starting to become natural. You know, I've, I've performed so much of, of my life. I've been on stage for so many years that uh, you just got to figure out what works for you and, and, and how it fits into the show. But I'm surrounded by talented musicians on stage, so at any time, you know, the microphone can be switched over to, to anybody. Yeah, it really could be. Um, uh, you know, yesterday on the phone I was speaking to to Craig Goldie, and today is the actual anniversary of Mob Rules that was released in, in 1981. Uh, how was it for you working with Ronnie James Dio, and what, if anything, did you learn from being in his presence? Well, I, I, I single-handedly say that it was one of the best moments of my life musically. I mean, I, I grew up as a, such a huge fan. And to get the opportunity to play with Ronnie was, was certainly a, uh, a a great honor. I mean, we, we know how powerful his voice was and his, his, his presence in the metal scene and how he changed music. I learned a lot from Ronnie. He's a constant professional. Uh, really just believed in everything he sang about. Uh, he was a, such a precise musician. Uh, hard worker and just he became such a dear friend and such a great guy i, I uh, think about him all the time I, i'm very grateful and thankful for for ronnie and and Wendy for the opportunity that they gave me because it definitely opened up a whole new world to me i, I don't know if i'd be an alice cooper what ronnie James Dio. all right um you know, Ronnie and of course Alice have had these incredible careers that that expand you know, that went over many many decades. Is there anything that you can see in them that that is a key to success? Is it just personality? Is it perseverance? Is is it luck, or is it do they share some kind of common trait? And and you know, is that something that, that's teachable to young kids coming up today? Yeah, there's definitely uh, a God given talent for, for those guys. You talk about. Uh, you know, Alice and Dio and Judas Priest, you know, uh, uh, Megadeth and these bands that are still out there doing it, Sabbath. Uh, there's definitely got to be a trick to it, right? But I think it's just because they really do truly love to do it and because they were so such the originators at it that it, it's, it, it, it becomes very easy for them. They're also surrounded by a great team of people that understand how the whole wheel works and how everything, how the machine functions to keep it going at that level. And uh, when you have all that, it becomes very smooth. But there's definitely a love for it and there's definitely a passion for it. But I also think that the effortlessness is why it uh, it has the, long, the longevity for them. I do believe it's something that just really is coming out of them truly because out of all those artists, I just mentioned, you'll notice that it's just all very original and, and distinctive in their own sound. You can, you can hear one of their songs and you'll know exactly who it is. Sometimes you'll hear bands nowadays, you're not quite sure exactly what, what, what they are. So uh, that, that's where I think it uh, can get a little hard to, be, to have that longevity or just to get the success, the success that those guys have had and, and they, they, to be able to have 
generations and generations of fans coming to your shows is, uh, makes for a successful tour as well. You know, when you've got older people and their, their kids are coming and their kids are bringing their kids, there's a history. There's, uh, there's stories that can be said, talked about, about their music. You know, people have grown up with it their whole life, I being one, you know. And I being the other, uh, but you know, uh, yeah. there's one thing that I that I, I I was hoping you'd get to, but I've had a chance to interview Ronnie, meet Ronnie, interview Alice, meet Alice, and what I've and others like them, and I've noticed it, like Rob Halford, that you know, they're just exceptionally exceptionally nice to everybody, whether you're a fan, whether you're media, whether you're, you know, the guy taking the tickets at the door, they're just always exceptionally nice. How much of just being a good guy and and respecting everybody and and just treating everybody on the same sort of playing field is part of the success. Do you think? I think it's one of the biggest parts. I think it's the main part because if you're disrespectful to your fans, you're probably going to be a disrespectful person to your family and to your bandmates. And nobody's going to want to work for you. Nobody's going to want to deal with that. Uh, I can remember. I remember one of the things you know going back to Ronnie is that. <laughs> back before there were meet and greets and things like that. When I was touring with Ronnie, after the show, all the fans would, would line up by the bus, and there's about a hundred. And Ronnie would sit out there in front of the bus, and he'd sign every single autograph. He would talk to every single fan. For me, I thought that was very important, because it really you, you want people to connect to your music, and, and you also want them to come back to your next concert. You also want them to buy the next record. Because it, it's a livelihood that we we have as well, and and it, it, if you're asking these these kids that maybe you know don't have a job or have very little money, and they they do spend their last dollar on your record or ticket or poster or hat or whatever, um, the last thing you want to be is, is some pompous asshole to this kid who's just worked his whole month or gave up his whole you know week's salary to buy your record, and when he comes to meet you. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's not a very pleasant experience. You you just lost a, a fan, and and it's just going to trickle down. I think it's very important. I think it's the, it's the key to success. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree because there's a lot of bands out there, and I'm not going to get into naming names that I've met and stuff over the years. And these guys are super super talented, and they should be playing arenas and all that. And then you meet them, and they're just not nice. And I go, oh, okay, I get it now. I get why you're playing a club, and you're yeah. you know. And if I yeah. can just, if yeah, you know, and if I can just relate a, a quick story about Ronnie, I, I interviewed him years ago for his charity. I, I believe it was called Children of the Night, you know, about getting uh, prostitutes off, teenage prostitutes off the street and reforming them and all that. And and uh, we did the interview and all that. And, and I he said, oh, I've got a show coming up in San Diego if you're coming down. And I said, well, I happen to be flying out for vacation. And he invited me to the show, and he guest list, and the whole, and he had absolutely no reason to do any of this. And I just thought that it was so nice and so kind that suddenly every time I heard his voice, it, it just made everything that he sang sound better, and it made the albums better, and it, it really absolutely. makes a difference. Don't you believe, Mitch, that, that you know we're all in this sort of universally, if you will, if you want to get that, because I, I do believe that what you put out into the universe, you get back, so... If we're having a conversation or and you have a, a, a positive interaction with myself, and when you're listening to the record, it has a totally different meaning for you now. 
and you can you can reflect on something that that happened that was 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 enjoyed. It was a was a wonderful situation. It, 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 it gave you a, a nice feeling. So now you're projecting that out to the universe when you are listening, watching, or even thinking about a particular artist. And I think that that transcends uh, universally for 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 your music or whatever is going on out there. I think it all it all happens that way. If I have an interview with somebody like yourself, who's you know being being a bit difficult, then what's going to happen the next time the guy asks me to do an interview? You know, am, am I being difficult? <laughs> no, no, but you know, it, no, you're you're you've always been fantastic. Thank you. It, it, it's almost too nice. Well, you know, I, I do believe that it's important to be nice to everybody because, um, you know... But you're also Canadian, too. Yeah, and, that, and that's one of the things. And, 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 by, and by the way, that's one of the things that, that maybe it's maybe not the right word, but that attracts me to the Alice Cooper band. Uh, the music is one thing, but the fact that everybody he's had in that band, whether it's Damon Johnson or, or Eric Singer or yourself or Tommy or Nita or Ryan... Or Glenn, everybody's been nice, nice all the We're time. We're the product of our environment. Yeah, we are the product of our environment. Yeah, I've been I'm, in band. I've been in Alice Cooper's band longer than the original bass player. Yeah, I've done more shows than those guys. Okay, but I can tell you right now, I've done thousands of shows with Alice. Never once, not one time, can I tell you that Alice has come off stage huffing and puffing and saying it was a bad show. Never, not once. No, and, and, and we've had some really great shows, and we've had some bad shows. We've had some amazing audiences. We've had some eh, okay audiences, but he's never been that way. So that's sort of why you, you get the type of band, band members' attitudes that you get now, because that's how we are. Yeah, yeah no, and, and listen, uh, the Rock Carnival in New Jersey recently, pouring, pouring rain, you know, 13 out of 16 bands canceled. Alice went on and did it anyway, and, and that's just a testament to the to true professionalism of, of everybody involved, from the crew down to, to, you know, to the band members, to everything. And so, you know, good on that. Um, you got it. Uh, just quickly back to, to Bisto before we, we, we run out of time. Um, you know, how, how concerned are you with the commercial success? Because everybody says, well, starting a new band is too difficult. There's no money in rock. It's blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a lot of naysayers. Are you concerned at all with any of that, or is it really more of, I have an art, I need to express it, I don't care if it sells 10 copies or 10,000 copies or a million copies, I just need to get my art out there? Absolutely. I don't pay attention to the naysayers and the head shakers and the what-ifers and the, you know, the people who, uh, that's, that's negativity. To me, I, I, I refuse to surround myself with that, nor do I refuse I, I do refuse to, to listen to that or to have it tell me which way I should go because the only place that's going to lead me is to a dark place, and that's not where I exist. So uh, we all know that there's there's more struggles in rock and roll now than there were several years ago, and it's changing. We, we have this conversation all the time with, with my peers and fellow musicians regarding this. But what are we supposed to do? It's what we were born to do. And, uh, and I'm going to continue to do it. And I, I, I never put a cap on, on it, or I never, I don't set out to think, well, I don't care if it doesn't sell, or I don't care what, where rock and roll is at, there's no money in it. So far, it's been great for me. Uh, the success of Pizza Blanco has been more than I could have ever asked for, and it's growing daily. And that's really the whole reason why we do it. 
Yeah, yeah, and you should keep doing it. And and let's uh, let's finish off where we started. That song. Honey. What are you going to want me to do, Mitch? You want me to sell you life insurance? Because I would definitely fuck it up if I have to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you want me to entertain you, come to a show. I promise you'll be entertained. There's only a few things I'm good at, man, and it's definitely being a musician. Yeah, and and you do it so well. So so let me just finish this then with honey. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I love the entire album, but that song in particular really speaks to me. I just, I just, I love the rhythm, the sound, the voice, the whole thing. Um, what is that one about? Well, listen to the lyrics, man. I mean, uh, honey is exactly what the what the lyrics are about. I mean, it's a very sexual, very uh, sort of, uh, you know, it taps into the. Is the uh, sexuality of of, of 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 rock and roll? You know, it's, it's a little dirty, if you will, but at the same time, it's uh, it, uh, it uh, kind of you know makes you think about uh, you, you give a little wink to your significant other, if you will, or something, or, or maybe somebody you're flirting with. You know, it's funny that you bring up that song, to be quite honest with you, because what I'm getting the biggest kick out of is everybody that I'm interviewing with tells me that they have a, a, a favorite song. And I've done four interviews today, and I've had four different songs that people are saying are their favorite songs. And uh, it really, it's, it's a really good feeling because I know that, uh, you know, that we, we're, we definitely are, everybody's getting affected by this record, and, and, and it's, it's, it's affecting them in, in, in totally different ways. And, uh, and people are getting off on different songs. Uh, it's, it's a pretty killer experience. Yeah, well, that, that, that's the mark of, of a, the mark of a great album. If everybody goes, well, I like uh, the single, you know, hey, feed my Frankenstein's the, the great. You go, oh yeah. Christ, did I did I screw up yeah. the other eleven? Uh oh, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, that was sort of the idea too with releasing "Feed My Frankenstein." Was let's 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 release this as a single. Let's let's this this is going to get us the attention and it's going to get those people going wow let's see what their original songs are like and we know we have the original songs to back it up but we would never ever release that song you know we never would have done it uh, but anyway, it, it's a good it's a great choice for the band and um you know people shouldn't judge the entire album on 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 just that they should go and check out the entire thing because it's really and, and that's it yeah, and that brings me back to that last thing you were talking about, is that, you know, people have to, it's commercial success or having singles and that type of stuff, that could be what's happening now, but people have to realize that you have to listen to things as a whole. We're not interested in just releasing a single. We have too much work. There's too much, there's too much of a story to be told, and we can't do it with one three-minute and 30-second song. You know, it takes, it takes an entire L album to get the point across. There's songs that are my favorite songs that I still listen to this day that are B-sides from my, my favorite artists that people, that you know, you would never hear if they only released it. Yeah, you know? yeah I agree. I, I mean, r just off the top of my head, uh, Chip Away the Stone from uh, Aerosmith. Listen, my favorite song. One of my favorite songs, but it, it wasn't a single, yeah. and, and had it not been no. on an album no. and stuff, you know. Um, I know we're running out of time. Yeah. Canadian dates? Yep. What's that, buddy? Uh, I know we're running out of time. Will you be coming yep. to Canada with the, with the band? Man, I tell you what, we get that we get asked that a lot, you know, and, and we would love to. You know, we're 
like I said, we're, we're in the process of putting this thing together. We're, we've got to get, get everything, uh, in order. And we would love to be in Canada. I mean, we would love to tour there. And, uh, I, I know for a fact it'll happen. I'm just not sure if I give you a time frame right now, but we'll be there. If Canada needs, needs be still, we need Canada. Yeah, I fully agree. And there you go. Always a pleasure. Um, thank you. Thank you for, for everything, as always. Yeah, I love talking to you, Mitch. Take care, and I'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye now. And there you have it, folks, my interview with Chuck Garrick of Bisto Blanco. Please check out their new album, simply called Bisto Blanco. He also happens to play with Alice Cooper. If Alice comes to town, do check that out. It is one of the best shows going on the road right now. And with that, please check me out on Twitter, at Mitch Lafon. You know how to spell it. It is M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N. Facebook is one-on-one Mitch Lafon. Couldn't afford the with in that. And paypal.me forward slash Mitch Lafon, should you care to support the podcast. And with that, I bid you a fond farewell, or as we say in Quebec, au revoir, or a vie de zane, if you're a cheap trick fan. Bye for now. Oh my. <laughs>